Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. We just arrived in La Paz in Bolivia, the highest altitude city in the world. So just uh, suffering from a little bit of altitude sickness, and uh, hopefully the internet's good over here. Just arrived, so uh, um, um, you know, life as a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect internet. And uh, since I'm here in uh, Chile, I'll show you a little bit of a glimpse of beautiful La Paz. Uh, it's a really nice city and nice blue skies, so looking forward to exploring. Um, so on today's interview, we have the pleasure of interviewing a citizen science advocate. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you're going to be learning all about citizen science. And her name is Tam Warner. Uh, she's an empty nester who's traveled to all seven continents. And she's recently published a book as well. So we're going to be finding out all about her travels, about her book, about her passion for citizen science. So Tam, uh, welcome to the show. If you want to do a quick introduction and share a little bit more about yourself for the people listening and watching today. Hi. You're breaking up a little bit. Okay, I was asking you for, to do a quick introduction, a quick introduction about yourself. Oh, okay. Um, my name is Tam Warner Minton, and I am a traveler. I have a travel blog called travelswithtam.com, where I record my adventures. Um, and I do a lot of citizen science trips. I'm a very big advocate for that and for solo travel, especially for uh, empty nesters, women of a certain age. It's out of So uh, firstly, let's uh, define what is citizen science. Uh, I think it's a term that not everyone's very familiar with, so maybe explain a little bit more about what is it and how did you get into it? Okay. Um, I got into it when my kids first left and my son was in college. He was basically a person like myself. I don't have a PhD in marine biology or anything like that. Um, but it's a person, just a regular person who goes on scientific expeditions and assists the scientists. Okay, with whatever it is they need. And there are a lot of different kinds of citizen science. Um, I mostly do ocean-based. And now that I think about it, I only do ocean-based uh, citizen science. And um, the reason I do that is because I'm so passionate about the ocean. I'm an avid diver. Uh, I'd rather be underwater than anywhere else in the world, probably. Um, I just... I love the animals, I love the ocean, and especially since our ocean itself is in so much trouble, um, you know, I go as much as I can and I try to educate people as much as I can about the state of our oceans. So if people wanted to get interested in the science, uh, are there some websites or some organizations that they can uh, research or uh, get involved in? Uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, people can get involved. Okay, um, there are several different ways. You don't have to be a diver, but there are many organizations. You can even go to citizenscience.com and they will uh, tell you where to go. But also Nat Geo has a website that's devoted to citizen science and it'll, you can put in your um, zip code and it'll tell you about citizen science opportunities just in your neighborhood. You know, people are always out there doing science. Um, you know, whether it's observing, you know, creeks or animals or birds or, you know, whatever. There is always science going on. Uh, every university has scientific experiments or observations going on that people can help with. 
I go with uh, Ray of Hope Expeditions, which is mostly, I've gone with other companies as well, like All Out Africa and REEF.org, REEF. Uh, they're an educational institute uh, about the ocean. And the Ray of Hope expeditions came about because uh, when my kids were empty nesters and they had gone and, you know, you're kind of lonely and wondering what to do. Um, I saw this documentary and it was on the BBC and this was probably, gosh, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe. Um, I saw this documentary and it was about two scientists. One of them was a woman who was, you know, young, uh, doing her PhD on manta rays in Mozambique. And I've always loved mantas and I had never actually seen one, you know, in the wild. So I was just mesmerized by this incredible documentary and it was really inspiring to me. So later when I was looking for some place to go and, you know, to participate in something, I saw All Out Africa had a program in Tofu, Mozambique, which just happened to be where marine megafauna is, which is where Andrea Marshall is uh, based, is in Tofu, Mozambique. Her and we were there to do whale shark research and observations of uh, the fish on the reefs. So there was a lot of diving involved. And that was a, a crazy trip. <laughs> that was a crazy trip. To Sounds go all the way to Africa by myself. Wow. Uh, so if people wanted to get into it, uh, what are the requirements? Uh, are there any like uh, fundamental requirements or skill sets? Uh, uh, you know, what do you people need to get involved? You know, every project is different. Um, for ocean-based, you know, you need to know. So there are programs, for instance, for nesting turtles and things like that to help with the nests and make sure that the turtles get to the ocean. Um, because really only one in a thousand turtles, little baby turtles, make it to the ocean. Um, so you probably wouldn't have to dive for that. But for ocean-based, you, you pretty much need to have um, certification. I'm also an underwater photographer, strictly amateur, but um, I do a lot of photograph IDs for the scientists for, you know, you can do it for almost any animal. Um, there are websites for manta photos and whale shark photos online. One of them is a wild, wild book for whale sharks and the other is mantamatcher.com. And it'll teach you how to take an ID photograph. And so if you see a, a, a wild animal, you take photographs of it, you get notices if uh, your animal has been seen before or not. And they get to track where was this animal seen last? You know, how many years ago has it been since this animal was last seen? So it helps a lot in their um, observations and scientific research as far as the migration patterns for the animals. Awesome. So, uh, Tam, you also have a website, uh, travel blog, as you mentioned. Uh, tell us mm -hmm. about the origin of that, how long you've been writing on it, and what are the major themes and topics that you write about? Well, the origin of it was a family trip that we took to um, Africa to go on a safari. Uh, my, it was for my daughter's college graduation and my son's high school graduation. 
And what I did while I was over there uh, was I kept a journal. And I kept the journal online so that people could follow along with us. And um, that's sort of how it started because people enjoyed it. And I enjoyed writing it. So um, that's sort of the origin of it. And what are you writing about, um, citizen science, and what are the themes and topics? I write about citizen science. Um, I also write about uh, solar travel, getting out and traveling on your own. Um, I write about the locations, the destinations that I go to. Uh, and they're not all diving. Um, you know, this year, recently, I went to Antarctica and to Buenos Aires and Argentina. So I wrote about that, and I didn't dive in Antarctica, though I would have liked to, but um, they too, they just don't have the insurance for it, I guess. But um, there were divers on the boat, so I did get to see what was under the water. But, you know, I, I write about, I even review hotels, restaurants, all that kind of thing. So it's, it's varied. Sounds great. And you just uh, published a book as well. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the book. Okay. Um, the book is called All Fish Faces, and it's photos and fun. And to do something to assist in educating people about the ocean. Not everybody can go to the ocean. So I have spent a lifetime teaching people how to snorkel, teaching people how to dive. And I always love their enthusiasm. It is so exciting to me to, to take someone out and have them just be amazed at what they're seeing and the color and the animals. And I love it, especially with kids, you know, they pop up and they're like, what's that? What's that? What's that? Yeah, exactly. You know, so they're so excited and it gets me all excited because I'm excitable anyway. But I just wanted to, I thought, you know, we don't want to hurt things that we love, right? So if we can teach this generation and the next generation to love the ocean, to love ocean animals, to take care of them, then maybe we can conserve our ocean for future generations. Did you know that 29% Great Barrier Reef died last year? I mean, that's, that's, pretty, um, that's pretty disturbing. And I was over there last year and did some diving, and I was just horrified at the skeletons and the lack of coral that I saw. And therefore, you know, not as many fish or animals because you have really frightening. So one of the major questions people have when it comes to travel is, uh, how are you funding it? You've been to all seven continents, and uh, tell us a little bit about the, the income side of things and the financial side of things. That, uh, well, um, I, you know, I do make some money travel blogging. Um, I do make some money writing uh, articles for other publications, things like that. I wouldn't say that I make a great living at it. Um, at least not yet. <laughs> I'm hoping to. But, um, you know, I'm just, the book, I think, 
will help me get some uh, notice and some attention. Uh, you know, the travel blog world is unbelievably comp competitive. There are so many travel blogs. It's amazing. I, I almost feel the person that I see on a trip has a travel blog. Um, so, you know, they're not all huge money makers. And sadly, mine is not, but <laughs> maybe in the future it will be. Yeah, no, definitely travel blogging is a complicated market, and a lot of people who do travel blogging get a lot of free stuff. Uh, you mentioned yeah. hotel reviews and sightseeing trips, and then uh, maybe some sponsorships paid, et cetera, and then you know, doing a whole bunch of other stuff to uh, help pay the bills for the travel. So you've been to all seven continents, which is uh, you know one of the big dreams. I've been to six so far. Uh, oh, yeah. Enough Antarctica, so uh, looking yeah. forward to trying the seventh off. And uh, you actually have an interesting story where you, you've actually fallen off all seven continents. Tell us a little bit more. How did you fall off all seven continents? Well, that's just sort of a natural ability that I have. Uh, it's a family joke, basically. Um, and I, I mentioned it one time, and it's sort of gotten traction. People always ask me about it. But the fact is, is um, I'm a little on the clumsy side and always have been. So um, I tend to fall. And I truly have fallen on every. I almost didn't want to count Antarctica, but my family insists that I have to. I was on my knees at the time, but I did fall. <laughs> so I fell into the snow. But um, my best fall, the most horrifying fall, was in Rome um, at the statue of Marcus Aurelius on Capitoline Hill. And flat surface, I was carrying my camera, my feet just went right out from under me, and um, it was a pretty spectacular fall. I think everyone in Rome was staring at me. <laughs> kind of crazy. Well, definitely glad you've survived to tell the stories now. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I've, I've taken some weird falls, and the strange thing is, is they're always on flat surfaces. <laughs> I don't know why. So uh, out of all the seven continents and the countries you've been to, uh, what are some of the highlights for you in terms of cities, countries, and continents? I love them all. Um, you know, I love North America, which really, strangely enough, I've never been to Canada. Isn't that strange? <laughs> I've been to seven continents, but I've never been to Canada, which I tend to rectify next year. Um, I man, I loved Bangkok, Thailand. I just, I I was amazed by the culture there, and I absolutely loved it. Kong, that was gorgeous. Um, Europe, I love Europe. I'm a history buff, so I'm constantly, um, you know, reading and very very into English history in particular. So I love Europe. I feel very at home there. Antarctica was amazing. It was just incredible. And I loved Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires, it was not, um, I, you know, you're in La Paz right now. I don't know if that strikes you as being particularly uh, like Mexico or what you would conceive of South America. Buenos Aires is not. Buenos Aires is more European. The architecture and everything is just, just incredibly amazing. So, of course, I, oh gosh, where else? I, I just love everywhere I go. 
Um, my dive trips, I've, I've gone to some really exciting locations. Um, I've been diving in Africa. I've been diving in Indonesia, which is amazing. Okay, Indonesia has to be the place where there is the most life. I mean, it's just like a carpet of life everywhere you, you look. And you have to kind of do this to get the fish out, you know, so that you can see. And um, I love that. I just, and I did two citizen science trips over there. I went to Komodo National Park and to Raja Ampat. And Komodo also has the dragons. That is like going back into Jurassic Park. <laughs> they are really prehistoric looking. So I'm not real sure that I need to see them again. <laughs> but um, it was interesting for sure to see them. Yeah, I had the opportunity to go visit the dragons myself in Komodo, uh, amazing site. I definitely want to go back and uh, bring the kids this time. So uh, curious to know about you some of your items. items. You know, uh, you've covered a lot of the world. What are some of the major items left to go besides Canada, where I'm actually from? I'm from Vancouver, BC. So besides Canada, what are, are some of your other major uh, uh, travel destinations that we're going to? Um, where do I want to go? I want to go to. Um, I haven't been diving there, and there are some places like in Micronesia. I want to go to Fiji to dive there. Um, Gosh, I'm going this year. I've never been to the Sea of Cortez to dive, and I'm going in December. I actually am co-sponsoring a trip with Red Travel Mexico. If you want to take a look at it, I have it listed on my blog and my Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. We still have a couple spots left. So why don't you come? Why don't you come with me? It's not just diving. It's snorkeling, and it's seeing whale sharks and also snorkeling with um, sea lions, which is always really, really fun because, um, you know, they're always, they're so curious. You know, I've had them try to steal my strobes off my camera and my um, fins. It's, they're really fun. <laughs> well, there you go. You're breaking up. What did you say? Ricky, you there? Your passion for science, your book, etc. I'm really sorry because you're breaking up and I can't hear your voice. Oh, yes. Tell me about the bad internet here. You know, life is a digital man means you're never going to have perfect internet. Uh, what I was asking you is about your uh, website, your social media, your book. How can people connect with you? Oh, um, a million ways. I'm on Facebook. I have, I have my personal page, Tam Warner Minton. I also have my author uh, page on Facebook, which is Tam Warner Minton author page. <laughs> Travels with Tam is a Facebook page as well. Um, I have an author page on Amazon and on Goodreads for anyone who is a member of Goodreads. Um, and I'm on Instagram with Tam. Uh, what else is there? Pinterest, Tam Warner Minton. So, yeah, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Literally, literally around the world, plus uh, online as well. 
Always, always. You know, it's, it's really weird. Like you're having trouble right now. It's so strange when you go places where you can't get any internet at all. Um, kind of reminds me actually of childhood. <laughs> because before the internet was born, you actually did have some privacy and you didn't have to answer your phone all the time or text. So um, I really like the trips, like in Indonesia and then in uh, next April. I'm doing a really cool citizen science trip with Andrea Marshall of marine megafauna. And we're going to, I, I can't pronounce it, everybody calls it the Socorro Islands, okay? But it's the Ravagidos or Ravagidos Archipelago. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> I can't really pronounce it very well. But it's, you, you fly into Cabo and you leave from Cabo, it's 30 hours off of the mainland. So, you know, it's, it's an archipelago, no one lives there. It's, um, it's very, very remote, very wild. And this will be my third time there. So, it's a great place. The animals really want to interact with you there. And that is so magical to have. The, the manta rays are the giants and they come, uh, they come up above you. They want your bubbles to rub their tummies. So, I mean, that that is really magical. Dolphins are really friendly there. Um, anyway, I could go on and on. There's seven species of shark, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's another trip that I always love to make. I haven't been to the Galapagos yet. I need to go to the Galapagos. There you go. That would be wonderful. And Costa Rica, I haven't been to Costa Rica or Cocos. So those are all on my list. Awesome. Uh, well, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, very inspiring, you know, what you've done and what you continue to do. I uh, wish you the best in your travels and uh, looking forward to uh, catching up again. Uh, thanks again, uh, Tab. Okay. Thanks, Ricky. You're welcome. And uh, for those of you who want to follow along uh, Tam's adventures, I'll have the links below. If you're watching this, you can click right through and follow her all over social media. Make sure you grab a copy of her book as well. And uh, thanks for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money while travel the world and even how to do citizen science, as we've demonstrated in this episode. So thanks, everyone. We'll catch you in the next episode. Happy travels.